and welcome back to Are You Coping, a subsection of State of Mind podcast with me, Grace Kingswell. This is going to be the last episode, I think, of this little mini-series. I've really enjoyed recording it with you guys. Um, With you guys? For you guys. Sorry. Um, And I hope that you've enjoyed listening to it and that it's provided you with some kind of light relief. Um, As I record this intro, it is the 4th of May and we are due to hear this week um, whether the government are going to make any changes to the current lockdown guidelines so maybe when you listen to this we won't be locked down um, but I hope it still provides you with light relief anyway and some insight into how my guest today is spending her time at the moment so my guest today is Lucy Burke Um, Lucy is a really good friend of mine and I met her through her jewelry business um, called Margot and Mila Lucy's the most amazing jewellery designer. She's super, super talented. She also helped me redesign my engagement ring, um, which was a project that we worked on together a good couple of years ago now. Well, sorry, more than a couple. Been married for more than that. But um, I I had this beautiful old ring that was my Greek grandmother's. Um, The stone was absolutely amazing, but the setting was very kind of... um, antiquated and kind of old-fashioned and I had an idea of what I wanted it to look like and Lucy helped me um, realize that and I'm forever grateful to her because it's so beautiful and um, yeah she's just so talented. Um, I loved her answers to the three things that she can't live without in this episode and I really really appreciated her honesty with regards to her phone usage. Um, I know that I have been using my phone a lot more than normal in lockdown Um, and yeah I totally admit that that's something I probably shouldn't be doing as much but it's quite hard when you feel like it's your connection to the outside world isn't it but anyway I hope you enjoy this episode and quickly before we get into it I'd just like to remind Um, or to to let you know that I've set up a Patreon page um, to hopefully encourage people to support this podcast series of mine. As you guys know, I've been doing this podcast now for ages. Um, It's not sponsored. It uh, it doesn't earn me anything, but I I absolutely love doing it and I want to keep doing it. Um, And for that reason, I've set up a Patreon so that um, you guys can support the podcast. The Patreon is a subscription-based service, so you pay either £5 a month or £10 a month. And in exchange for that, if you pay £5 a month, then I will send you a weekly health-focused blog post and two recipes monthly, um, illustrated recipe cards. Um, If you pay £10 a month, you get all of those blog posts, um, all of the recipes, plus a 30-minute breathwork session with me, which um, will be uploaded to the Patreon platform so you can watch it anytime you like, and a live Q&A where you can log in and ask all of your health-related questions. Um, I'll also be having guest um, guests on, so instead of the Q&A, sometimes we might have a fitness video um, or a meditation or a yoga session. Um, so I really hope you feel like you might be able to support me via Patreon 
if that's the case and you enjoy my podcast and you do want to donate, then it's patreon.com, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash Grace Kingswell. Thank you so much. And I hope you've enjoyed this mini series. I will see you soon for some full length episodes of State of Mind podcast. So let's get into the episode. and welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Is Great this your first, first pod? It is my first. Yeah, a little bit nervous. <laughs> no, I love it. You're watching you over um, Zoom in your wonderful tie-dye top has definitely oh, brightened thanks. up my Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's it's, been um, quite a... No, go on. It's a life in tracksuits at the moment, as mm. most people are, are saying, but trying to keep, you know, a bit of colour in my life. Not go all yeah, great. and also lots of people are doing their own tie dye. I think. Oh it, yes, yes, because it's that kind of creative disclaimer, <laughs> like a creative urge to you know make something, and then also bonus if you can wear it. Yeah, no, that's nice. I like all those <laughs> things. I haven't really done many of them because. I have a one-year-old, but I would yeah. like to be tie dyeing my own socks right now. <laughs> But your job is very creative. Um, And that kind of brings me to my first question, which is the same for everyone. Who are you, Lucy? So I'm Lucy um, and I am a jewellery designer and maker. Um, My brand is Margot and Mila. And I started it around four years ago now. Um, The time's really flown. Um, And yeah, I used to work in finance actually um and I just couldn't see myself doing that forever wanted something a bit more creative to fill my days so I started working for a friend of my brother's um she's called Hannah Warner and she has a couple of jewelry brands and worked for her for a year or two uh, learned all the different processes involved in making jewelry um everything she does is UK made which I really loved uh, got to, got to meet all the the casters, the platers, the polishers, all those kind of amazing um, uh, makers that are all around Hatton Garden in London and decided one day to just go off and start making my own. So, so yeah, Margot and Mila was born and I do a mix of uh, uh, collection pieces that I sell online and I also do lots of bespoke things, engagement rings, wedding rings, signet rings, christening gifts, that kind of thing. And I currently, I've just relocated from London and now based in Froome. And I work from a little spare room at the top of the house. But I'm looking for a studio. I almost found one and then all this kind of blew up and the search will resume when all this mm. ends. So, but Is yeah. that because you want to have somewhere that kind of external that you can segregate in your mind as being like work zone and then... A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I fell into the trap a few years ago of working from home and for me, it didn't work. I would sort of, it would be about 2 PM. I'd still be in my pajamas and I just feel a bit grumpy, you know, cause I hadn't mm. been outside. I hadn't really properly started the day. Um, I think people can get into good habits and, you know, start the day with some exercise and really kind of take yourself away, then have a lunch break then, you know, but mm. it's a bit tricky because we have a, like I said, a, a one-year-old, and so I don't normally get full working days. So, yeah, mm. it would be nice to have somewhere to go out of my own space. Mm. Yeah. 
what would be your tips for people because obviously like the the whole working from home in the pajamas at 2 p.m is pretty much everyone's <laughs> like daily routine at the moment isn't at it at the moment it really is yeah um well tips to stay sane would definitely be to get outside at some mm. point um preferably in the morning you know just to kind of clear your clear your head um not to sit for too long you know i i have a bit of a kind of hip flexor issue where they just tend to get very tight from sitting down so I try and sort of get up and walk around and stretch them if I can every now and again um lots of cups of tea so that you're constantly kind of leaving your room going downstairs coming back up you know breaks Mm. and uh yeah just enjoy enjoy your work feel lucky that you're able to do it from home if you can you know um I'm I'm I, my husband well my both my husband and I are self-employed but I feel particularly blessed because I have a studio here at the moment so I can sneak off and um sort of immerse myself in my work which is what I love doing so mm. I, I feel really lucky for that yeah amazing um my next question on this little uh sub series of my podcast is always how has your daily routine changed since lockdown but I guess I don't know, has it or have things kind of stayed the same for you guys? I have to say it really hasn't changed at all. I was sort of <laughs> racking my brains to think, what what have I added in? But I think because I'm still working and, you know, having a child, it sort of does dictate your day. I think people's experience of lockdown is, is you know, very much defined by where they live, whether they have a nice space to sit outdoors you know whether you're stuck in a flat in inner city London um you know that can really affect how it how things go for you during lockdown but also yeah having having kids really because you don't really have time to sit and think oh I'm bored what can I do I need mm. to tie-dye I need to make banana bread I would love to be able to have more oh time God, to everyone's do making banana bread aren't they <laughs> I know I know I mean I have once I have to say I've, I managed to squeeze a little bread making session in but um so yeah it, it hasn't really changed but, but I'm grateful because it, it's a constant distraction and it, it means that I've always got something to do and I don't have those bored moments you know the grass is always greener I'd love to have mm. nothing to do all day but people with nothing to do all day might not feel that yeah. way um, no, I, so, I, yeah. I think it's an interesting point and it's something that um we need to tread quite lightly around because I've thought the same thing as well I look at my brother and his wife have got a little two-year-old now and mm. um I just think oh that just would be so joyous to have you know the and toddlers are just they just make you giggle and they're yeah. so they can be so funny and when this whole lockdown situation starts I thought oh they're so lucky that they've got Max to play yeah. with all day long and you know there's a constant distraction mm. you know there's never there's never time to sit and think oh I'm a bit depressed because there's always like a nappy to change or you know whatever yeah. and then True. you know I think it was probably on social media that I saw someone saying actually that being locked down with a newborn or a toddler or a one-year-old it's really bloody hard and I thought to myself of course it is and that was so such a quick assumption of mine to jump to and you know the hardest thing is that everyone's at one extreme you know you could be locked could be in lockdown completely by yourself which has got its challenges or you could be in lockdown with absolutely no time for yourself because you're always looking after your family which also has its challenges yeah exactly and you know um slightly older children as well trying to keep them amused I Mm. I I hear from friends is a constant battle and you know 
yeah, it must be quite tough for them. But mm. yeah, um, I, I'm I'm happy for the distraction. I must say. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, what are you most grateful for at the moment, Lucy? So, I would say that I feel most grateful for um, the sort of sense of community that this has all brought. Um, I'm not particularly um, that, I haven't been really been getting involved hugely with the sort of Zoom, dancing on Zoom and, you know, uh, all these kind of amazing quizzes things that stuff. I have, the quizzes, the challenges, you know, the the, the runs, the, there's just a new challenge every day on social mm. media. But even though I haven't really, they're not necessarily my thing. Well, it's probably more that I don't have time, to be honest. But I really, it, I find it really heartwarming. I, I love that people are really mobilising together to look after each other, to check in on each other, to call each other. Um, and, you know, it's kind of inspired me, I think, to become a bit more community-minded. I think the fact that we've moved as well. My, my whole life I grew up in London. And for all its wonderful um, you know, points, London, you can, it can be quite isolating and it, you know, you can find that you've lived next door to someone for 10 years and you've never really met them. And moving has just changed that completely. Our, the, the road that we moved on to, it's just been, uh, sorry, I, I don't know if I mentioned we moved to Froome in Somerset. Mm. Um, so, uh, the road we moved on to, I mean, the, the three days after we arrived, we had, uh, cards and you know beers and little cakes and and, th- and just people knocking on our door constantly wow. this was obviously before lockdown happened uh, back in January and there's such a sense of community and since the lockdown's happened we've had people saying you know oh I'm going to the shop today are you guys okay do you need anything dropped off all that kind of kind of thing and it's it's just lovely it's really mm. and yeah I think so there's that, you know, the fact that we've moved. Um, but there's also, I think, lockdown in general has brought brought that, you know, I, I'm trying to do the same to people now. I'm trying to call them and say, I'm going to the shops, what can I get you? I'm trying to leave a little nice package on someone's door that I know can't go out. And, and I think that I've, I'm really grateful for that. It's a really collective, particularly through social media as well, you, see, you feel it. Um, there's a real kind of... Um, a community happening mm. across across countries across uh yeah everyone's just coming together and it's lovely <laughs> yeah I mean that sounds like just kind of everyone's version of perfect neighbors doesn't it yeah oh it really and is the, yeah and I think room <laughs> has that reputation doesn't it it's a massively amazing place for kind of community and like yeah community small business um creativity mm. yeah it's 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 really rife here it's it's Mm. we picked a great spot yeah definitely I remember just before you were leaving London you said that um you guys were um making use of like Deliveroo as much as you could yeah and it's (laughs) and it strikes me that that's so you know the nature of Deliveroo is just so impersonal isn't it and Mm. we barely so often don't even look the the person that's handing you your food in the eye no well they have they have their motorcycle helmet on well exactly and you've already paid so there's like literally no exchange needing to happen and it's just the complete antithesis of what's going on now Um, I know yeah well when we first you know decided oh let's get a takeaway pizza we sort of 
realised that we had to actually go down to the restaurant and collect it. We were like, yeah. what? I this, this, can't, this can't be happening. This is so Why are they not coming to our door? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, speaking of food then, um, because it's I love talking about food, mm. and I think at the moment it's such a comfort for so many people. What are you loving at the moment and what kind of, what meals or what foods can you not live without? Okay, so... I'm I'm a new uh, a new discoverer of um, this whole wild garlic thing. Oh gosh! Um, I know, I know. I'm quite late to the game, but I I've never, yeah, I've never really. Well, I've definitely never made it myself. I, I might have eaten it once or twice, but um, I've never foraged for food and cooked, made it or cooked it before. And um, I have, obviously there's a lot of wild garlic around here. And I've gone a little bit mad. Um, <laughs> made quite a few batches, eaten quite a few batches, um, almost at the point where I've kind of I've, I've made myself sick of it now. But um, I'm yeah, I'm loving it, loving it on everything. On Is that pe- are you making pesto with it? So then? it's pesto, but it's not. There are no nuts, so it's kind oh. of I suppose like a salsa verde. Um, mm. But it's yeah. I mean, my husband can't stand it can't stand to be around me when I've had it because it's pungent <laughs> but I'm obsessed yeah mm, it's so good <laughs> it's actually really hard to find um the only time I'd I'd foraged for wild garlic as well was um last year when I was here in Kent um visiting mm. and because in London you just don't you can find it and I found some in Battersea Park but it was literally like a meter by a meter yeah a, amount of wild garlic yeah um, Quite a lot of dogs around there as well. <laughs> I know, that's the other thing. And also that um, my my husband, Nick, won't eat anything that I've picked. So oh. in Australia, they're just told you just don't, you, you don't pick berries or fruit oh, or anything because yeah. it's all been sprayed. They have like really virulent pests over there. So mm-hmm. they spray things quite heavily and you just don't know what you're going to get. So he won't even eat blackberries when it's like blackberry really? season. Wow. Um, and I came home from Battersea Park with this wild garlic and he was like, um, are you sure, you know, you want to eat that, let alone like I'm not going to eat it. But I just put it in stuff and don't tell him. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. So he gets, yeah. Well, he gets, um... he gets the goodness. <laughs> good. Yeah, I would love to, um, I would love to get more into foraging. Mm. Yeah. There's a few good people on Instagram. I forget. There's a guy, I forget what he's called. If I remember, I'll link it in the show notes, but um he's amazing at foraging and also my other favorite um foodie instagrammer is a guy called julius um you would love following him what's his surname i can't remember he um lives on a farm in suffolk and Mm -hmm. his whole instagram is just like him hanging out with his goats um he's a chef as well he's a london chef so he shows you how to make like really delicious food like really simply nice Um, and he was doing a lot with garlic but Mm. I can't remember well, the what season's over now. I think I think when they start flowering, they're sort of it mm. gets a bit bitter. But people, actually, I sent you something, didn't I? People have been some friends of mine have been frying, uh, frying up the the heads, the flowers, oh, yeah, deep just before tempura. they open. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They were delicious. They were delicious. Yum. We gave that a go as well. Okay, so um, food that you can't live without, wild garlic. But now that it's not wild garlic season, what's going to fill the void? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? <laughs> I gonna have my Weetabix? Um, what? Well, no, That's no, no, yeah. <laughs> We're almost there, but not quite that far. Um, well, I mean, I've been starting to follow some um, people on Instagram. 
a little bit more because this is the other thing we used to waste so much food back mm. when we were living um, in Islington they don't have in that part of London a um, food waste collection so all the food waste goes into the bin bin mm-hmm. and you just don't really realize how much you're wasting until we arrived here and obviously we've got our little food waste caddies and they go out every week and it's only then when you realize how much you know you're throwing away obviously that gets um you know gets composted so uh but still we're trying our best as well because we don't want to go to the shops too often to um not to waste so i like the concept of using as much of of things as i can not letting them go off and Mm. I was sort of browsing Instagram the other day and there's this lovely girl, she's called Mia Lillingson and her Instagram account is Mia Le Chef and she was cooking a pasta dish and she put the rind of a parmesan, piece of parmesan, into the sauce to cook it and she said it was for umami and I, I, I've never been able to fully understand what umami means, maybe you can explain yeah. that to me, but... Um, but I just, something about it kind of pricked my ears and I was like, oh, I love the idea of using my parmesan rinds because I always just chuck them away. And um, it's this really delicious sausage pasta dish, sausage and broccoli pasta dish. And I've cooked it about four times. Um, And she, I love her stuff because she, she cooks from her um, little kitchen in London and she actually had coronavirus. And that was something that made me follow her because she was saying, oh guys, you know, I'm stuck at home. I'm really not feeling great and can, can you just like my posts and comment and share things just to kind of keep me you know uh distract me and I uh so I just started uh looking more at what she was doing and she never um she never does anything by quantities by exact amount she just says mm. you know a bit of this bit of this bit of that and I love cooking like that because it makes you feel more like a chef you know, yeah. when you're when you're really meticulously following, you know, two hundred and twenty five milliliters of this, and you've got kind of stuff everywhere, and you're kind of getting it slightly wrong, and you know, that kind of makes me feel a bit stressed and like a bit of an amateur. But when you're just kind of a little bit of that, a mm. little bit of that, it's just I don't know. I like I like that way. Of yeah. Thinking. So, um, yeah, she's a great one. To, it's to much more with. creative doing it like that, isn't it? Mm. I think. I, I mean, and I'm the same. I never I'll like read a recipe and then I'll think oh I can do that and then I'll just kind of go ahead and do it so sometimes you? yeah I, yeah I, so I, sometimes I make stuff and it's incredible and then I'll try and make it again and it's like not as great and mm. I will have put the first go up on social media and then people will say oh can I have the recipe and I'll be like yeah sure <laughs> you know and then I try and make it again I've just I've just done that this morning for my subscription I've been writing a recipe of this incredible chicken dish that I did um and part of me is like really hope that this is kind of the right (laughs) recipe but at the same time it's one of those meals that you just can't go wrong I think baking is the only time where you need to be really specific yeah that's Um, true but when it comes to savory dishes I'm just uh, just chuck it all in just chuck it all in yeah it'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) so what is something that you've learned about yourself since lockdown um does it have to be a positive thing? Can I, can no. I uh, be honest? Yeah, be honest. So one of the things I've learned is I've got a bit of a phone addiction. Mm. Um, like serious phone addiction. Um, I'm getting, uh, you know, the weekly sort of screen report. That oh, lovely yeah. text. Go on, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> there have been times when it says, oh, well done, your screen time is down 8%. 
for an average of six hours, 34 yeah. minutes per day. <laughs> and I, I just couldn't believe it. And yeah, that's not a one-off as well. That's kind of quite, um, that happens quite a lot. So, I and I did, I remember at the beginning, I think because everyone, you know, deep down is feeling, even though, you know, people are trying to make the best of a bad situation and keep positive and make banana bread and things. I think um, deep down, everyone is obviously feeling a bit um, uh, nervous Out of touch. and worried. And yeah, uh, yeah and obviously, obviously, um, you know, f- feeling a bit... Um, concerned even if there aren't people that you know are going through things personally just the idea that uh, that's happening to other people is is hard to kind of um to think about and um for me I tend to retreat into my phone a bit and I always say oh I'm working I'm working you know it's I'm, I'm posting on Instagram because it's work it's work but it does become a little bit of a pick it up and flick, pick it up and flick, constant, mm-hmm. constant. Um, so, and I did try and say, right, today I'm having a, f- a full day with no phone and mm. I couldn't do it. I actually mm. failed miserably on like the third hour. I just sort of went, ah, I'll do it another day. I need to work. Yeah. So yeah. that's something that I've learned. And and also, you know, I've been doing, everyone has, I think, just sort of looking inside and thinking about what they could improve in themselves. And I kind of, I've also realised that I... I don't necessarily do enough to help others daily outside my little small family unit. I do a lot for them, um, my husband and my daughter, but there are, you know, there's always that excuse of I don't have time. I'm a new mum, I don't have time, I, I'm busy, I'm self-employed. That, like, you know, I, I'll, every, you know, I'll give a little proportion of something I sell to charity every now and again, but that's not really giving my time to things. Mm. And this has brought into this whole situation every I think everyone's thinking about that and there are it's also you know one a family member of mine is has uh is in recovery from addiction and one of the pillars of AA and NA and 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 those kind of that organization is um helping others that's that's like one of the main things that those people with addictions do to um keep themselves uh, healthy mentally you know because helping other people does it makes you feel good it makes you feel good mm. about yourself and it so uh, you know if everyone most people are sort of struggling slightly mentally at the moment and I think that is one way for us to constantly not just in lockdown but in our life to um to, to keep yourself kind of mentally well I suppose mm. um, but that's something that I need to work on a bit more I think I've I've That's just signed amazing. up to give blood for the first time, so yeah. um, I'm a bit terrified because I'm not too too keen on needles. But I, I it's just something that I felt like I want wanted to do. But I yeah I'm no, I'm no saint. There's lots more that I should be doing. Mm. Well, I think you're doing very well. Oh well, thanks, Grace. <laughs> and it's so lovely that you shared that. I think everyone um, could do with hearing what you just said. And um, yeah, I think. Well, firstly, I think the phone addiction thing is very yeah. commonplace right Okay, now. yeah, I saw you nodding. I thought maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe I mean, I'm not have... quite at six hours a day. Oh, I will really? say that. I'm more like four. <laughs> but also you have to remember that that is, that's not just social media. That's everything. That's, you True. know, at the moment, at the moment we both have our phones on the desk and my screen is on because it's yeah. recording. So yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, every time you 
do an email or add to your online shop or something, it all adds up. True. True. But it is just scary how much it adds up too, isn't it? It really is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so my final question is, if there were three things that you absolutely couldn't live without in lockdown, what would they be? Tangible um, or intangible? Okay. Um, three things. So... Well, one we've spoken about, can it be more garlic pesto because of yeah. my obsession? Because I really, I mean, truthfully, I couldn't live without it right now. Um, the other things, I suppose, would be my Kindle. I've been reading a lot, um, and especially at night, to help me wind down. I'm not that, I'm, I'm not that good at falling asleep, you know, like that. So, um, yeah, I've just, lo- I'm loving reading at the moment. Any book recommendations? Um, I'm currently reading... Um, a book called Where the Crawdads. <gasps> oh, I just finished it. Oh, did it's you? So good. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, a few oh people my have gosh. recommended it to me. It's amazing. And... and I think it's really, it's a really interesting read for right now because I think what that book does so well is it explores in great depth the concept of human loneliness. It does. You're so right. Yeah, it really And does. we are all currently quite lonely because we're, mm-hmm. we're pretty isolated from our community so I found I finished it last week and I found it a really interesting read for for, for you know, right the current, now the current yeah. climate yeah yeah that's really that's very true I I absolutely yeah I'm really loving it I love the the um that it's all centered on nature and biology mm. and you know there's there's a lot of fem- femininity in there and yeah she's just a lovely character um so far I don't know what happens oh I'm so glad that you're reading it it's so good (laughs) um and then another one I read as well which I loved was it's called all the light we cannot see yeah that's fantastic yeah I yeah that was that's just really magical and heartwarming Mm. um and I think the author is Anthony Dewar Dewar um yeah that's been great too I'm I'm generally just reading fiction at the moment it's mm. just sort of what i yeah what a bit I, of I escapism is, yeah. is really helpful isn't it at exactly. a time like this yeah for sure um so yeah so your kindle, my, my kindle your wild garlic <laughs> pesto what about one more thing not my phone my kindle um and the okay so the other thing is i recently um invested in a collection of essential oils um I I'd never really I never okay. really used them or known much about them other than they smell really nice. I had one of those diffusers from Muji mm. and I used to like pop some in there every now and again to make the room smell nice. But then I happened to, a friend happened to invite me to a little sort of talk at her house. There were just a couple of us there. And it was a lovely girl called Miranda um and uh her website breathe eat meditate and anyway she it was specifically a talk with all her babies about how to use essential oils for your children's health um and I thought it sounded interesting and I went along and it turns out that I mean this is probably not news to most of the people listening but it was to me at the time that there's basically an essential oil for every um sort of ailment I suppose and disclaimer it's some can be controversial some people don't agree in using them in certain ways or whatever but I've I went along listened and I uh, I was kind of interested by what I heard and I bought a collection of about 12 oils and I've been using them daily for 
different things. Um, so I use like uh, lavender for sleep. That's kind of quite a popular one. I use tea tree oil, a little drop of it in my toothpaste for cavities. Mm. I use if I have a headache, I put a little bit of peppermint oil around the tops of my head, the top of my head. Um, I use frankincense. I actually put it in my face oil for. Um, supposedly good for wrinkles who knows but it's also good for other things like stress relief and inflammation and headache um, so yeah I I've, I just it's, for me it feels nice to have a natural um, medical little kind Toolbox. of toolkit yeah exactly yeah um, and I like I said some people you know some people don't agree with um, particularly with taking them internally that's quite an area of controversy, but I don't really tend to do that much. Um, although that there are, there are uh, there is a mix of three oils which you can apparently use for hay fever, which is something I know mm. both of us are fairly passionate about. Mm. Um, given that my hay fever has just started, and it's that reminder of oh my god, here we go, another yeah. month of. I'm actually not. I mean. I don't want to like, I want to touch all of the wood that I can around <laughs> me right now because I feel, I think I've cured my hay fever. No. Oh yeah. my gosh. Tell me right so, now. How? So I, um, as the listeners will know, I'm a func- <laughs> functional nutritional therapist. Yes. Um, which has its benefits when I can kind of diagnose and treat myself. Mm. Um, and I recently did a stool test and a SIBO test. Uh, both of which I'd done in the past but I was kind of keen to see where I was at I was having some gastrointestinal symptoms and you know I kind of wanted to clear up my eczema once and for all and it turned out that I the SIBO test was interesting because it was basically on first glance it would look like I didn't have it but on second glance there's definitely like something going on and then Mm. in the stool test I had a I can't remember what bacteria might have been a citrobacter but I had something going on that needed to be addressed and I've been taking um an antimicrobial since then uh grapefruit seed extract and I also did some research into probiotics and I've been taking a probiotic with specific strains that strains that target um histamine obviously Histamine is what gets released from the mast cells when mm. we have an allergic reaction, like with pollen. Yeah. And since taking this probiotic and also sorting out the kind of bacterial stuff going on yeah. in my gut, which of course is where our immune system is, and if we have a good immune system, we don't have right. allergic reactions. So it's all pretty much centered. In I the haven't gut. had any hay fever. Like wow. none. And <laughs> I noticed I didn't take this particular probiotic for two days because I think I forgot or I kind of wanted to see what would happen if I didn't. And I had a really awful hay fever day. Did you? Yeah. And then I, I started taking it again and so far, like, nothing. Okay, I'm going to need the names and okay. brands of all of the. But is it, would you say that it's um sort of personal to the individual, obviously, because you said, you know, you did your um, tests and things? Well, the, the, an- the fact that I'm taking antimicrobials might be because of what I identified in yeah. lurking in my gut. But the probiotic, no, it's just one that's been formulated with um, specific strains of bacteria that are shown to okay. be non. Um, don't don't provoke a histamine reaction because mm. some probiotics will will promote a histamine okay. reaction. Interesting. 
Um, but I'll send you the details. Yeah, it's been really Great. good. I'll have to um, add you as a patient to my online dispensary and then you can go and order yourself some. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we'll yeah. do. Yeah, I've just got all the um, lotions and potions and oils and anything mm. that um, I've sort of read might help for hay fever. So, yeah, yeah I'm happy to add a few more. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nasty beast, isn't it? And it just yeah. always seems so unfair as well. Mm. Like. You know, because yeah. we want to be outside enjoying ourselves. Yeah, and do, do those people who don't have it really understand what we go through? No, I'm they have sure no they idea. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh, well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Lucy. Oh, it's been, been amazing. Lovely. It's been really great to chat. And if thank people you. want to check out your jewellery, which, by the way, I am a huge fan of, and for those that are listening, you will whenever you see me on Instagram, I've always got some of it on. Um, where is the best place for them to find you? So the best place would be um, uh, my website, which is www.margoandneela.com.